0: This is episode 33, Speaking From Water. I'm with an absolute legend. This guy is um, the the top intellectual big wave surfer in the world. He lives the life of James Bond. Um, Big wave surfing is just like a side thing he does. Uh, His his real life just blows my mind. Uh, This is a part two. Dougal Patterson is on the line. Uh, Dougal, welcome to Speaking From Water
1: hi hi how, how, <laughs> how, are, how are you doing
0: i'm fine i'm just bandaging up his uh no, one of my
1: wounds i just got the ultimate intro from sean oh yeah and then you show up to bandage wound. The- so uh, let's start there what happened oh uh, that's sun damage eh? uh yeah let's see part of the deal yeah, yeah part of the deal
0: so, th- this guys uh, out there listening, this is a part two. Uh, Dougal was so great to grace us with his presence uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, uh, before, in, in before that, I, I knew mainly from the surfing, uh, the surfing world, and what he's done in South Africa. He lives down in Cape Town. He, he is he is the the premier local at um, Dungeons and uh, charges hard. But after the the podcast, and then following him since i've just been like um blown away by by his lifestyle and how he how he lives and the um the things he's done really since so that's what we're going to get into today and um we're going to touch of course on the big wave surfing but there's a few um matters of fact that I'd, I'd like to discuss here but um again dougal thank you for joining us and uh and how are you doing today
1: hey sean i'm feeling a lot better after that introduction Tell you I didn't I didn't realize I was uh, as premier as I am. I like it. Maybe uh, maybe some other guys should watch this. they will appreciate it. So I'll get more waves in the lineup.
0: <laughs> oh well, you know, share it afterwards it. and we'll Thank see you. what happens. Yeah, yeah. But Thank yeah, man, you, you, you you've been killing it this past year. Um first let's start in the water. What what uh what's been going on? I saw a lot of uh action from you over the summertime. It was your winter. Um, you know, the, the, those months of uh, June, July, and August look like you got a lot of good ones. Um, uh, you and Alan Van Geisen, uh he was, he was shooting you. Uh, what, what's, um, what was the haps? Some
1: stories. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for your views you don't know, I mean, the, the, the premier wave down here is a, a wave called Dungeons, which is, you know, it's Africa's Fiercest wave. Uh, it's, I mean, arguably it's it's uh, one of the fiercest in the world, really. Uh, certainly the most unpredictable. Uh, very dangerous deep water, close to a seal island. Lots of sharks. Um, very rogue. Uh, even those who've been surfing it for a long time struggle really to read it well. Uh, it truly is the school of hard knocks, and the and the people who surf it a lot. Uh, or you can never surf it a lot. You can only surf it a few times a year, really. Paddle surf it anyway, but uh, find that when you go to other places, that you can surf those other places really well because you really have learned in the hardest place to ride big waves. So, yeah, I mean, it it, it hasn't been an incredible year for us there. Um, there there have been some some very big scary days. Um, uh, we had. Yeah, I mean, uh yeah, one, you know, the biggest wave is the biggest and most dangerous waves are still being ridden by the oldest guy in the lineup, uh which is Grant Twiggy Baker who anybody who knows anything about big wave surfing would know, he's a multiple times world champion so at age age 51, uh he really is still leading the charge, which is quite phenomenal. It's quite inspiring for a 48-year-old to see that the best guy is still 3 years older than you. Um, but then we, we've also we've got a few we've got a few uh, sort of up and coming guys who who are uh, amazing and they they've had some good waves too. Uh, one of them is over in Hawaii at the moment. He's an invitee to the Jaws event. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's the prem, world's premier big wave event. Uh, but they they're expecting a amazing El Nino season, which just hasn't really happened yet. So everybody's all dressed up with nowhere to go. And, I, and my friend Matt has been sitting there with his family for six weeks and he's got to turn around and come home tomorrow <laughs> without the event having run. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a strange season for us, but maybe it's, it's the story of our lives. It's, it's hurry up and wait. Lots of sitting around, lots of preparation and never knowing when it's going to happen. How's that for an intro?
0: Yeah, that that was great. So, uh I I re- I want to I want you to take us to to that spot cuz it is so raw and you are so um eloquent with your words. Give us the the lowdown aesthetic of of the situation um vis- uh, visually and and physically um when it is at its best and yeah. and what is what is that feeling like? Okay. So
1: I mean, in the in the truest uh, in the truth way, it it really does feel like you like you are in a, a grand uh, amphitheater of nature. Um, you're out there. It's it's only dungeons itself is only accessible by boat or jet ski, uh, and uh, so once once you're out there, you've got this you've got this towering sentinel which which stands above you. Uh, it's a few hundred meters. And then it's a, it, it, it forms like an amphitheater behind you, these giant mountains that stretch out. And then you've got the seal island, which is just you know in between um, when there's a break in the waves, you can hear the barking of the seals. And when the wind's just right, you get this terrible rotting smell that comes off the island. So the whole thing, I think that's why they ended up calling it dungeons. It's got this ominous feeling of, of death and isolation, I suppose. Um, but then, at the same time, there's, you know, you've got this the, this beautiful mystical uh, aura, you know, that, that happens because the the sun only gets over the mountain fairly late in the morning, and it so it casts a long shadow over the lineup, um, and you end up, you know, in these these scenes where where uh, the people that you're with or the boats you're looking back toward are silhouettes. So it 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 has a it has a very um, otherworldly feel about it. I think, which adds to the mystique of the place. And often, when it's photographed uh, or a sh- video shot of it, that that's how it comes across. Um, so it's 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 got a very different feel to many other places that are are photographed because the water the water looks grey or dark grey or green or um, just everything about it is is ominous, <laughs> ominous and scary. If I if I had it my way, I would change the name just because it, it it just adds to the terror of the place, and 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 there really is a sense of terror about it. And and as I age more and more, uh, I've I've found that uh, I, I I've I clearly have to cognizantly hold it in front of my mind the fact that there will be a day when the terror uh, is too much. Um, you know when that, when that feeling is, is no longer helpful, but, but, but where that, where the raw terror becomes a, a, a serious, <laughs> where it starts to damage you mentally really. And we, and when you start to override that, that kind of mental terror do much too much. I think it, I think it damages you. So, so I'm, I'm having to look at my time out there and I'm trying to think, well, maybe I've got another five or six years out there and then try and plan accordingly. And say how, how am i going to use my time well <laughs> very ominous place
0: <laughs> so so here here's here's the thing you what what people and what i didn't really know too much when we first spoke was how premier of a world photographer you are and and you are also this amazing surfer and w- before we get into the, the photography life, uh mm. I I I see that as like a profession and I see your yeah. big wave surfing as like um a a, a passion that is just mm. you're just super super into, but I don't see the two yeah. meeting. And I would like to know no. why is it okay. you don't shoot with, out there.
1: Okay, okay, gotcha, you. gotcha. You uh yeah once again if if we can send this link to to my clients and they can know just how lucky they are to work with me world (laughs) premier photographer let's let's do that (laughs) well we're going to get into that because uh because dude your your work's sick and um
0: but but i i I, you could be the one of the greatest um surf photographers
1: in the world like oh i see i see where you're going with that Yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah i mean it's a, I, I, I have friends who have had to make that 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 fearsome choice really to decide whether they want to pursue a life of uh, uh recording these things uh recording these moments or actually you know riding riding those waves um i I have one friend who's who straddled it fairly well uh we shot um, uh, a feature length documentary in 2018, or he shot it mainly. I partnered him with it, uh, that, that, uh, documented the, the men who most often ride dungeons, uh, and, and Rick, his name is Rick wall. And, uh, in the story, he actually, on some of the days he would set someone up filming and he would go in and he, he would ride these waves himself. But, uh, but it's, you, you normally have to, you have to make the choice between those two, and it's, and it is a dilemma for me sometimes, um, because I can see, you know, you can never turn the mind of a photographer off, so you're always, you're always looking at photographs, always taking photographs, always framing, always looking at the light, always trying to decide how it would be done better, but, but in the end, it's a, it's, it's a choice. Do I, do I want to ride these waves or do, or do I want to photograph these waves? And uh, I do, I do enough photographing of, uh, yeah, my, my, my work as a photographer, I'll describe in many ways as it's, it's, it's smoke and mirrors uh, in a sense. You have to, you have to create the best version of, of real life. So, you know, there's, Big productions, big teams um, that I work with, lots of locations, incredible logistics, um, strategic people, um, big client demands, um, uh, briefs that that take a long time to clear, and and so often you know by the time you get to what you're actually photographing, it's 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 pretty truncated or cut off from from real life. You know, you're you're trying to c- curate real life, but. So I, I I wouldn't want to do that with my with with my with my surfing and photography, you know it's 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 a pure thing for me and and I describe it as um, my photography is my career but then riding big waves is um, it's a it's a deep calling <laughs> and it's a and it's a connection and it's a, and it's a privilege. Uh, that, that, that connects me to um a world and a time that is that is passing away a time where um you know where where there were still mountain peaks that hadn't been climbed for the first time where there were still you hadn't gone into space or where there were still rivers that hadn't been explored um and it's, it 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 connects me to you know to, well land masses that hadn't been discovered yet, because when when you're riding a big wave, you there's only one of those. You know each each one is each one is unique. Each each one is its own thing, and it's 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 never the same. So in know yeah. I used to think when I was a kid, I used to, I had this profound sense of disappointment that uh, there were no more dragons left to slay. And uh, when I ride big waves, I find that there are still dragons to slay. <laughs> so I call myself a photographer in on one side, but in the You broke up in.
0: there. Yeah, you broke up there for one second. Oh. And but I but I hang I got, on wait wait I think yep. you've
1: uh, it, one of us is muted. Can you still hear me?
0: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Hang on, I can't hear you.
0: Check check check. Nothing. Check check. I can hear you perfectly. Stop. Check.
1: Okay, we're good.
0: I'm good. Can you hear
1: me? Yes, I can hear you.
0: Perfect. Okay, let's pick up okay. there. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, uh, you have the nickname the Dragon Slayer. Well, because, it's yeah, it's,
1: a, it's yeah, it's an acronym that I, that I use to to describe my the the world of big wave surfing and 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 my approach to it. It's 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 not a it's not a nickname that I was given by someone else, but it's a it's an acronym or it's a way of understanding. Or, you know describing what i'm doing i see i see so you view the the
0: wave as the dragon and and you yeah. yourself before you go out you view your yourself as as the guy who's going to slay it now where yeah. the dragon is a is a deep um mythical uh yes. beast in the the tales mm. of 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 long ago um mm. the dragon has always been something that um, the person must slay to get yeah. the girl to get the money, yeah. and it can yeah. be it can be all the things that trouble that person. It doesn't have to be a real yeah. dragon obviously yeah. um does does do you surfing these big waves does that give you the 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 gold and the thing that you needed in most in life like when you slay that wave
1: yeah. <laughs> It does, hey. Eh? Um, it does really. Um, you know, dragon slayers. Dragon slayers don't live forever. Dragon slayers get old, and their arms don't work anymore. Dragons. Dragon slayers lose their sight, and dragon slayers get old. So it's not a. It's not a space that you can that I can always inhabit. But 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 for a time, you can. You can do that you know and that and 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 that and that dragon also would represent a, a certain kind of a, a kind of uh, fear but 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 not fear of the wave it's 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 the fear of of not being able to ride the wave it's it's a fear of of not being able to be out there it's 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 the fear of, of the day that comes when you when you can't do it does that make sense
0: absolutely and and Here's where I want to go next with that.'re you're, you're a man of Christ. You, you're passionately a, a, a devout Christian. Um, yes. Mesh how the two worlds come together and um, and I would like to know more about about your uh, your understanding there, because from my um, my own life, my own uh, understanding of the fundamentals of Christianity, it's it's about the next life. And it's about mm. the, um, well,
1: mm. you pick, you pick it up from there. Wow. Deep, deep questions. Yeah, that's good. eh? uh, I, I, I like what you said in the, in, in the introduction is, is if, if I would describe myself also another way would be, I'm a, I'm a big wave philosopher. And, and for me, uh, my, my, my journey riding big waves has been an outworking of, of my faith. And, um, The way that I I may have described it, I may have described it to you in our previous conversation, but the way I describe it is uh, I've experienced that there are thin places. Did I tell you that theory last time?
0: You did, but uh, brief us again for those uh, out there who might not have heard.
1: So so a thin place is is the place where the envelope between this world and the next uh, thins, and it's in the proximity of death that the life within us is most affirmed like those are my words, that's, uh, that's my best way of explaining it, and um, I guess uh, another way would say, you know, I go to, you go into these, these, these thin places where you get to feel that, that, that sense of exposure, and that, and that sense of the possibility, you know, where, where you can feel that, uh, that this world that we live in is, is, is temporary and passing and that our, 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 um, part in it is, is tenuous and fragile. Um, and yet we get to return from that thin place back, back into this, 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 this life that we have, which is full of paying bills and picking the kids up from school and, You know getting a flat tire your car flat tire or you know having to buy sunscreen or you know shooting interiors of of airplanes (laughs) but but one day one day we go we'll go to that thin place and we'll pass through it and and we and we won't return to to this world you know and and it's like our, our our life our life can continue and, and and for me it's it, it's it's become like a way of understanding my faith it's a way of passing through this 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 thin place where, where I begin eternal life and that eternal life for me is is a it's a voluntary one and, and it's a choice that I make in this this life to expose myself to the the teachings of Jesus and uh, through the Bible and through living in community with other people uh, who have also s- spent time exposing themselves to the teaching of Jesus, and and somehow that a decision that we make on this side to explore friendship with Him, when 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 we get to when we take that that final journey or when when we finally cross over, it's like uh, if if we are still moving toward friendship with Jesus that that friendship will continue into eternity. Yeah.
0: When did you discover this in you or were you raised this way?
1: So, um, the thing about a journey of faith, Sean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Sure you understand this in some way or perhaps this this is new for you i'm not sure where you are with your faith we can but um it's it's not a static thing there's that there's that phrase that says life has to be lived forwards but can only be understood in reverse so i've found that to be true with my faith uh as a child i experienced my faith in one way and uh, I experienced profound uh, disappointment with it also uh, in a way that it, in the sense where I experienced a kind of hypocrisy in myself uh, and uh, I, I rejected my faith. Um, and then I later sort of in my, er, in my early twenties, I returned to my faith because I saw, I, I saw the evidence of, of a life so completely changed Uh, a friend of mine, because so completely changed that it gave me the courage to re to relook at my Christian faith. And then, but, but the kind of, the kind of faith that I came into there uh, is a very different kind of faith to the way that I live it out. Now it's, it's, you know, as, as you're a child and you grow up, you mature and, and you experience things differently. So, Initially, I, I, I thought that uh, in my, when I was age 20, that I had become a Christian for the first time. But as the years passed, and I, I began to reflect on my upbringing in a different way, I realized that from my earliest memories, my parents were taking me to uh, just a Sunday school. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, on Sunday, where, where I'd go to a, a very simple traditional church, where where we would hear um stories from the bible and those stories made sense to me and when people told me those stories i would have visuals for those stories uh, and and those stories somehow um went into the foundations of of who i was as a person um so so reflecting back in my journey, I, I would say I began I began my life with a with a deep a deep longing and a curiosity about the person of Jesus and uh and and the and what I would term as the mighty heroic stories of faith of of the of the old testament were um utterly intriguing to me. Um and then in my early twenties, I, uh, you know, I, 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 returned back to that and I, and I, began, but, but at this time it was a person of, it, it was the distinct person of Jesus that, that attracted me because, um, this, this friend of mine had been in, in such a, a terrible, um, had been through such terrible life circumstances and situations that kind of, and, and, and she was so profoundly broken and given over to the most terrible vices. And she one day went to church, and she told me, "I've gone to church," and it wasn't an irrelevant. Didn't seem like a anything that would make any difference to me. And yet, what I saw was something that something that was hopeless uh, beginning to heal and and have hope again. She she began to she began to change as as a person, and she could forgive not herself she couldn't forgive herself for what she'd done but in some inexplicable sense she was able to receive forgiveness from even beyond herself she was able to receive forgiveness and 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 that began for me just just this rather um complexifying journey of trying to understand what is forgiveness and and why and and why is it so important that we re- we receive this amazing forgiveness and live in that way toward others and it's it continues to be my greatest struggle and greatest mystery forgiveness between god and man and between man and woman how's that So
0: sound? it sounds amazing so would would the forgiveness be the bedrock of of the faith
1: yeah Sean, I, I mean, your questions are good. You, you're you're know, very good at this. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I would say at, at the white hot center of the universe would be the profound mystery that is forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness between you know a, a god, a god who created men and women, and um, the only way that, that we can have friendship with him would be some kind of transaction of forgiveness um, that when received by us allows us into a friendship with him. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, so yeah, what, what, what could be of more utter intrigue uh, and then getting to know the God of the universe through this bizarre act of forgiveness.
0: And, and from what I'm I'm hearing, it it first starts with forgiveness of of the self. You must know the self. You must know your your pains. You must forgive yourself. You must be nice with yourself before you can then forgive others for maybe what you perceive others have done to you, and in that you find the peace. Do I have do I have this right?
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's funny that you bring this up uh, this morning, walking on the beach and. Uh, I, I was listening to some, listening to audio Bible, and and the scripture that they that they were reading from was, uh, I'm not sure where it is, but it it was it was the Pharisees and teachers of the laws, law coming to Jesus, or uh, and asking him and saying what is what is the greatest law, and Jesus says love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength, and uh, love others as yourself. In these two commandments are fulfilled the entire law. Um, and, yeah, it's 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 like we can't, I, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Sean, if, if you've ever tried to, it's like, let's, uh, okay, let me take a, a dramatic example that I think of sometimes, like some, Terrible thing, like uh, I'm I'm in a hurry to get to or I get to work, or I'm angry at something and I reverse out, reverse out the driver and I I run I run over someone's child and I kill them. So we we've all heard that phrase, and you know I can never forgive myself for that. And you know I think all all of us have some story like that where we can fix that in mind and say. Uh, if I did that, I could never forgive myself, and and somehow there's like this justification of yep, okay, sure, yeah, you can never, you know, sure, like that's like something that's like yeah, that's a thing you can, but what we that that makes that that makes you God in your life <laughs> if you say I could for, I could never forgive myself, you know, because what you know it's we don't we don't seek our own forgiveness that 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 makes us God. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Like if I'm if I'm looking for my own forgiveness, that that means everything comes down to me. If I decide to forgive myself, then it's kind of God. But it's you go beyond yourself and you go like. you So you look for God's forgiveness, and and what and once you kind of have that, you find that the eyes come off yourself, and and you look and you say, well. It looks like God has forgiven me. So you try to understand, not like forgiving yourself, but you try to understand what it's like when when for God when God forgives you. And 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 with that comes an, an overwhelming sense of gratitude and friendship and relationship and trust. And then that somehow is meant to flow out into the other relationships in your life, which would be easy with your, you know, in the best case scenario with your wife and children and your closest friends, but it, it, it gets harder from there. You know, it gets harder from, you know, maybe it's my, the neighbor across my road who reverses and killed my child because they were drunk. And then it's like, no, I could never forgive that neighbor. That must rot in hell or whatever, you know, but then the Christian faith says, no, no, you, I've forgiven you. You can forgive that guy too. So it's, it, it's yeah, the repercussions of it go out with, with uh, yeah, very 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 difficult and miraculous. Some of the things that we're asked to forgive.
0: I want to come back to this on a on a larger uh, macro scale, but you touch upon something here that I want to take to the the, the ethos of surfing. And yes, and and that is, um, uh, you know, s- when you surf a wave, it fills you with so much. Uh, yes, you're you're uh, you're almost like a god. You feel yes. godly. Okay. Yes, got it. A- and and the act of standing on a surfboard makes you feel this mm-hmm. way. You you come from a, a position before you go to that that space where you've already accepted that you are not mm. God, and and the yeah. God is out, out there. Um, in the culture of surfing, do you think the the egos you find in the world of surfing it, th- is that the root of it? the fact that you're you just are so confident that you've just conquered this thing out in the ocean that that fills you with with godly like um uh, feelings and and I would like to know what you think about about that concept there regarding surf culture as a whole because um you know it, uh, almost part of the uh, ethos of being a surfer is just like i'm the shit and yeah. um and how how does that work in the, in the world as you see it in the people that you've been around and in the surf world that that you've met so many people in
1: yeah 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 so i mean like would i mean the most the most sort of uh, like obvious or tangible evidence of that would be some form of localism perhaps You're saying where where, where maybe like, like somebody in particular would say, this is my place, these are my waves. And, and then uh, that, that sense of ownership gets um, uh, even amplified, because they can now ride these waves in a better way than you, or at least, yeah, they can have the best waves. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. I, I mean, I, I obviously I, I have a I have a real I have a real problem with that, and it's probably the reason why I will never claim local status anywhere. Um, this this the sense of of ownership, you know, it's of of a place belonging to it. It's uh, it it does inflate that that kind of god that. That sense of this is mine and and I can control these waves or i i am somehow these these waves are are mine um yeah I think it i, I mean the, the yeah the person who primarily da- damages is the is the person you know and i mean you just got to think back to the the terrible tragic story of are you aware of Sonny Garcia
0: absolutely i have a picture so, of him I mean, right over there yeah he's on the wall yeah that famous oh, billabong quote uh here let me let me bring it over there dude look at this guy look at that oh, only oh, a man. surfer knows the feeling is what it says and oh, I, gosh, I, had that I had that on my wall i had that on my wall 12 and uh, i still live with it today sonny garcia i met him i had the pleasure of meeting him one time uh here at our local beach, he came to town. Great, wow. great dude, West Side of Hawaii. Um, but continue.
1: Yeah. Wow. So I mean, perfect example. Then you know, we we think of Sonny Garcia, who who when, you know, the the worst version of him, you know, represented a you know a very aggressive form of localism, very very confrontational, very. Yeah and and this, and, and the sense of, you know, entitlement, I suppose, and then, and, and now, you know, it's, 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 it's a guy who, who, who faced, you know, the most terrible sadness that can overcome a human heart, you know, where you despair of life, and where you, where you think my only way out would be to decide when I die, and then, and then, you you know, and in, and instead, someone who wasn't able to take his life, but now lives, kind of, Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's physically handicapped, mentally and physically handicapped. And and as far as I understand, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible way, way, it's a terrible way to, to leave this world, but it's a, it's an extreme example of like, we, 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 we are not (laughs) gods. Those are not our waves. That's, 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 that's not our place. We, we are just, we, we, we passing through it's it's something that we get to do and yeah we get to stand on water but we're not jesus
0: (laughs) so you you've been you've been to hawaii and hawaii was just overtaken by the u.s military a a hundred years ago uh you know a little longer than a hundred years ago you know we marched in there with our marines and we we said to the queen we said hey we're going to kill all your soldiers or 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 this is this this is it, and she said, "All right, we're, I'm not. I don't want any of my soldiers to be killed." So they have a very recent um, uh, history of this, and before no. that, they they ruled the Pacific for thousands of years. And and like I almost can kind of give the Hawaiian culture a pass on the localism yeah, because that's where I it comes can. from. I under I understand, yeah. you know. But I mean, yeah. honestly, like I've been to Hawaii six, yeah. sixteen times, and I've never had a problem wow. with one Hawaiian person because I come from a spirit of of aloha, just like they do. And I think the machismo is what they don't like, and that's when that's mm. when you get the the front of the localism. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and like I, I want to like if you want to comment on that, but I also then want to tie it to this macro problem we have in the world, but maybe if you want to say something about, about that before I, I connect this.
1: No, I agree. I think, I think it's important to, to acknowledge that, that there's, there is a good side, a very good side to localism too, which is exactly what you just described, which, which, which looks like a, um, which looks like honoring your elders um, um, and acknowledging that uh, that theres a, that there's a way that there's a way of doing things and that sharing is <laughs> sharing is caring. Uh, and that yeah uh, yeah I mean yeah, what you described is like a macro version of, of First Nation people uh, who have a, a resource. And people from the outside coming in and um, taking that 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 resource, you know, whether it be diamonds or coal or trees or waves, uh, and and uh, disrespecting the culture of of the people in the place. So I I I think it's I th- I th- what you described is a good thing too.
0: So let's go back to the forgiveness. You, uh, mm. and I want to go essentially. I mean, you do a lot of work with uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, you okay. spent you spent a lot of time in dubai a few weeks ago yes. and yes. Uh, before we go there particularly i, I want to yeah. just see i want to know your macro perspective on that region of of the world because oh wow for, yes standing standing Brilliant. here in america we, yeah. we we get we get a very um uh, yeah. it's a lot of noise and it's yeah. and you you're you're coming from south africa which has such yeah. a deep history of its own that is is complex and then you go and you have put yourself for years in these other parts of the world um i would like to just kind of get get your world view first on oh, nice. on that on that region and um nice. and how yeah. how how you view it uh from its nice. complexity
1: nice good question oh my gosh i'd love to answer this question thank you sean very nice yeah speaking about the middle east and obviously at the moment it's. World news, terrible conflict between Palestine and Israel. Israel, um, Indeed, Sean, since I was 19, I've been going to the Middle East, uh, traveling on my own. I'm 48 now. Uh, so first, first to Israel as a boy, and then over to, I'm not a boy, but I mean a 19-year-old. And then over to Egypt, arrested by the Egyptian police. Almost uh, spent a few, or uh, yeah, almost went off the radar, possibly permanently, um, there. But uh, by an intervention of God, I was released, and uh, and I've been returning there. I've been returning there ever since. Um, so I have uh, I have a lot of uh, experience uh, in the Middle East, and uh, having worked there, and yeah, I traveled around many many of the different countries there. Um, yeah, and and then yeah, this uh, the conference that you alluded to now, uh, which was it was the the COP twenty eight, which is the United Nations uh, conference on um, climate change, which was led by the uh, United Arab Emirates, Dubai. Um, and it was a it was a profound experience that that for me plays in very well into what's happening in the conflict in the Middle East and then ties into uh, my faith too. Um, my when, when, I, when I was uh, in Israel at age 19, before I saw the miraculous turnaround of my friend, I, I, I was in Israel, not for any reason other than uh, just to have an adventure and work in a kibbutz, but I, I was walking down a, a road in the center of Jerusalem one day and I was, I had abandoned my face, my faith, my childhood faith, and I had no interest. And I was, in fact, aggressively against it. And I looked up on the wall, and there was a plaque on the wall, and it said, At this point, Jesus stopped to speak to the two Samaritan women. And it's a, it's, it's a purely religious symbolic thing. I, you could never know if that was ever the actual, actual exact geographic point. But I remember for the first time in my life thinking, Wow jesus was standing here jesus walked down like on the street and uh, and it you know it was so i i very much like a I, I, an awareness an awareness of faith returned back to me the reality of it all in the middle east so i have a profound connection to it and uh, and i feel a deep affinity for the for the the muslim faith too um and for the um the, the Hebrew faith, really, uh, when clumped together, you must know this, or maybe don't, or maybe, but I mean, it's it's called the, the three Abrahamic faiths come together, of which we, we share, we share many parts of our faith, you know, the, the terrible irony of this, of this, uh, you know, war that's happened in the States against ter- terrorism and stuff, and with Islam being held up as the primary the great evil is that there's there's far more in common that we have with Islam as Christians. than we do that is uncommon, especially in a world that is increasingly secular and uh, uh, anti-faith. So, I mean, there's a distinct complete, the distinct difference between that is are many, but there's far more in similar. So, so having, you know, I, in my many years of working in the middle East, um, I have developed a, a real affinity for the, the, the Muslim faith. Um, just an appreciation for the similarities with us. You know, the, like I, 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 love, I love how um, family-based the, the Muslim culture is. I love how generous they are. Um, genuinely generous. Um, humble, very humble. Kind, empathetic, compassionate. Uh, obviously, I'm. I, you know, I'm speaking about the good side. There's a bad side to my faith. There's a good side, to, you know, like that. But I'm talking about the um, generous, kind, empathetic um, family values, uh, intellectual, great legacy going back. So, you know, having, you know, wor- working in the in in, in the Middle East, um, I've I've also been around. I was speaking about it this morning. I remember. A couple of years ago out uh, in when when Israel was was bombing uh Lebanon or you know, was it Lebanon they're bombing uh, I mean one of the sorry one I mean they've bombed a few places but uh you know one of the conflicts that they were involved in and uh and the front front page of the, of the newspaper was was printed a a, a picture of um some israeli girls and they were they were drawing on 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 the on the bombs that were being sent into this arab state i I think it was actually one of the palestinian conflicts and and for me it was truly one of the most profoundly evil horrifying scenes and uh and i thought about you know because there's this phrase that gets thrown around a lot it's like the the Israelis are God's chosen people and I thought about it and I was like wow and I thought you know if if Jesus can love the Israeli people he can love anybody (laughs) it's kind of like they're a macro of all of us you know we're all profoundly we're all capable of the worst kinds of evil and and the best kind of acts of good and, and it's, like a, it's, it's like the Israeli people represent that. And, and what makes them God's chosen people is not that they are the special tribe that are untouchable. But it's just that they were the tribe that God chose that Jesus the Messiah would be born into. And that makes them God's chosen people. And he made a promise to them. So it's not about them being this untouchable special nation that can do what they want. It's about God's faithfulness who keeps his promises the same way that you love your children or i love my children whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing there's this unconditional love and you keep your promise regardless of that so that's that, that that's my way of understanding in in one way this 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 terrible behavior you know of of the of the of israel what's happening at the moment and and this amazing faithfulness or this this kind of thing that we have as christians of of these people who are behaving so badly, um, still being the chosen people, um, and then and then also my 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 faith offers the uh, the most simplistic explanation of what's happening in Palestine and Israel too, <laughs> which is which is a which is a sibling like a a sibling rivalry, a sibling fallout that happened between two brothers which was which was Abraham and Sarah were traveling through the deserts and God spoke to Abraham and said, spoke to Sarah and Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a son. And uh, Sarah laughed and she said, how can I have a child? I'm like 80 or something, 85. Well, I still have pleasure now. <laughs> and... Um, and, and they waited 20 years you know for this child to come along but in in the meantime they thought you know we got to like this isn't going to happen it's not going to come through Sarah so rather you know we Sarah gave her her maidservant uh, Haggai over to Abraham which was the tradition at the time if uh, if if a man had intercourse with a woman's maidservant then the child would become... Like the the child of of the father, and it would become the you know it would become it would become Sarah's child too. It would no longer be the child of, the, of, of um, Haggai or, or the Hagar. so so that was Ishmael. Ishmael was born first, and then uh, eventually came along Isaac, you know who was the child of the promise, and what began as a you know these um, Ishmael hated Isaac. And and it began then over two thousand five hundred years ago, however long ago, like this terrible hatred between these two nations, and and so when you look at it now, it's it's this horrible conflict of two nations that hate each other, and and have these hundreds of years worth of hate toward each other, of which the there the, there is only one solution, which is the same for the whole of mankind, which is a white hot burning center of the universe and everything, which is forgiveness. So it's, you know, it could be an overly reductionist view, but I mean, that's the beauty of my faith. It's, it's it's that children could understand. And I can, I can explain that to a four-year-old and they could understand that or some of the greatest minds of, you know, that have ever lived. could also understand that in, in, in a different way. If they chose to, you know, but, but that's, but that's how, but that's how I choose to see it Two you know, two people groups, so desperately hurt, hating each other fighting, you know, as, as, as the worst kind of sibling fallouts, you know, as you would have experienced, I've experienced just terrible sibling fallout of which, you know, when, when you look at it from an outsider, you say, oh man, can't you guys just say sorry and forgive each other and hug it out and, and work together, you know, you're your brothers or your sisters or you, you know, you guys are more similar than you dissimilar. All that—that's a big answer. Does that kind of answer? Is there anything there? That yeah, you you you, you
0: you you laid the land very very strongly, and I want to go to the to the present moment or a few months ago. You the the uh, uh, UN climate summit twenty twenty three was was post uh, October seventh, I believe, right? It was after the, yeah. the, the the invasion, so you were there shoulder to shoulder with. The, yep. the biggest world leaders and, yeah. and the biggest in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, yep. what, what, what was that mood like? and what, did you see hope for for this forgiveness? And um, aside from from the religious nature of the no. conflict, do you, do you see it almost more as what we were talking about before as a, as just everyone's fighting for resources and it's it's more about material than it is uh, spiritual.
1: um yeah look i'm i mean i'm as a, as per your introduction i'm a, a big wave surfer photographer and a, and a common man's philosopher and, a, and i'm a man of faith so i'm not very clever i have wisdom in certain areas but but what i do is i i, I try to rely on this, this sense of uh discernment or the sense of like like a gut feeling of like what what are things going on here or or what do we think or or how do you you take this all this information and come to a sense of like god what like won't you won't you just give me something that i can understand that i can steer by or 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 that that I, that can be a, a truth that a, a simple man like me can understand so at this at this conference i was i was assigned um i was assigned to follow one of the main um ambassadors at the conference who 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 is from the united nations and before we arrived at the conference right there you know we flew in from south africa to go and be part of this media team there were 50 of us um and just as we were leaving the airport there was this Video that came up on CNN or whatever, and it was of the man, the man guy, Doctor Sultan, and he was standing up there. And it, and what they had was like, Doctor Sultan, this guy, he's heading up the whole conference. He's a, um, what they call him, the, know, yeah, not the president, so uh, you anyway, know, but I mean, he was a, he was the head of the whole conference. He was chairing the whole conference, and they said this guy's there to make oil deals. This guy, you know, like this guy's a fake like th- that was a vibe arriving as whole things discredited. So 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 we arrive like this. And this, you know, that's, no, that's, that's what we go in on. And it seems like a fast it's being held in a in a, a country where the primary uh, economy in a big way comes from oil and gas. So it's like, Oh, what a farce, you know, having in this place, these guys are just rich, they're doing this. So uh, I'm not an environmentalist by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, in fact, I, I, I've been profoundly against it, in some ways, because of the negative side of it, I've seen, um, negative side would be um, catastrophizing, uh, a, a kind of, uh, you know, neg- your know, negativity, a kind of, aggression a uh antinatalism which would be like against you know people having children um this kind of sense that like uh the earth is somehow bigger than god and the earth people must die and so that the earth can now heal itself mother nature thing you know so it's it's in in a way it's like environmentalism to me almost became like a a religion for people who had abandoned their faith, like a, a sort of new world religion, you know, that that discredits like a, a a creator who sung creation into being, as C.S. Lewis describes it in Narnia, singing this beautiful thing like there was darkness and he sings and the sun begins to, the horizon glows and you start to see things growing and the sound and the very air itself vibrates and creatures are sung in, into existence, you know. So that I that like that that's far more yeah, I like that, you know, that's that's where I come from. That's my faith background. So anyway, so we go into this conference on this ground and I'm like, all right. I'm following one of these main ambassadors around and I'm 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 within touching distance of some of the world's most important like leaders, world leaders. Love you, my daughter. My daughter just blew a kiss through the door. So important world leaders and I'm following around like one of the main ambassadors and I'm like, what's going on here? What do we go? And I'm going into rooms full of like bankers, the people who these hundreds of billions of dollars that are that, that are being funneled into the environmentalist movement or trying to be pledged to. These are the guys who are actually handling the funds, handling the money and uh, big industry leaders and uh, like world leaders from from dictators who would have been in military regimes where they literally would have shot hundreds of people with (laughs) AK-47s up to whatever, you know, just these crazy spaces and first nation people still dressed in traditional dress with paint on their faces and fisher women who are there crying, begging for help because they're like, you know, they now have got to migrate over to Australia because their island the water's seat up; they can't grow their plants. Just this crazy cacophony of humanity and money, and 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 I'm I'm going in and out of these rooms with these these people sitting in small environments, and and I and I'm and, and I'm like, geez, God, you're the only person I can talk to here. Like, how do I, like Why am I here? What am, what am I doing here? What's like like You have to help me to discern and understand understand, you know, what, what I'm hearing. You know, are these, you know, I'm a simple man. And it's like, are these good guys or bad guys? Like, is this right or wrong? What am I hearing? And um, and it was, uh, you know, my the, the, the Arab guy that I was following around, I was like, okay, I don't know if this guy's got Asperger's. I don't know, you know, not that's a bad thing, but I mean, Asperger's, you know, comes with its own set of, you know, a distinct way of moving to the world. So I don't know if he's got Asperger's. I don't know if, if people are kissing his ass. I don't know if he's, if he's like doing some deals. I don't know. Like, is this good guy, bad guy? Is he a liar? Is he a crook? Is he a whatever, you know? And, and he's, he's saying a lot of the same thing over and over again. And I'm trying to discern and everybody's using the same stuff. And, uh, eventually we go into one of these rooms with it where it's academics and journalists and then there's this thing uh, it's called you see i'm not clever enough to remember the term but it's a it's a legal term which means it's like clapton house rules or something It's hamilton house something like that but it's like which means that you can't quote what people say in the room so it's it's like a, a, what they say yeah you can speak freely and what this guy did was he put down his paper and he spoke freely and, and he started to speak and he started to tell people about stories about poor people. He started to tell stories about places he'd gone where he'd met the least and the lowest who were most affected by climate change. And I was like, well, what's going on here? And I went over to one of his aides in the corner and I was like, dude, what's, what's going on here what's what's this guy saying like it, like does he really care about poor people like how, how can he talk like this now is this for real and and his aide says to me yeah yeah he says you know for the last year that he's been traveling he's he said this guy's tired man the ambassador's tired he's been all over the world he's met all kinds of been to and uh and he said yeah he cares he really cares about poor people and you know for it 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 was in that moment that it started to turn around for me where climate change became not just about degrees or big money or making change or spotting the next thing but it became about standing up for the poor and it and i suddenly realized that that this 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 guy cares about the poor and jesus cares about the poor jesus came for the least and the lowest jesus said the meek shall inherit the earth and it was on that moment that it started to spin for me where where i thought wow these Arab guys have been discredited for the longest time by the world. They were camel herders two generations ago. They had nothing. It was just sand. Everybody knows their money has been sucked out the ground in oil. And, and there's been terrible excesses that they've done in the you know, terrible human you know tragedy, particularly around women and children in those areas. But at the same time, it's, it's not really like that. It's changing fast in those areas. But, but these guys are standing up for the little guy. Like these guys have been discredited, but these guys have got their eyes on the future. And these guys are going to make the big ships turn around. These guys are going to actually hold these big nations accountable for the pledges that they're making. And, and there were many firsts in that meeting. There, there were people that had been invited into the room for the first time. You know, like I I cited that story of the of the fisherwoman who arrived, whose island was sinking. And it was the first time that had a, a room full of First Nation people where the top guys came in and sat and listened to their stories, you know, and they were represented. It was the first time that they had a, you know, various high level meetings within the within the actual conference, not outside of the conference. And and these these Arab guys are taking it to the man. They're taking it to the big man. And, and and the thing about the Arab nations is they still have a faith background, an Abrahamic faith background. I'm running it off now. An Abrahamic faith background that comes with a set of principles. The sense that there is life after this life, or there's consequence. There is eternal consequence, or there is a creator, or there's something bigger that we are not God. There you go. Tying it into to, to the story of Sunny Garcia or surfing. Like, they still carry into the room this deep reverence, the sense that there is a God, and we're not him. <laughs> sure. Said a lot.
0: It, did you get the sense at the end of the conference that that anything was accomplished that was going to actually change the environment? And I'm not a scientist, you're not a scientist, but... W- I, I, I study, I study the the science of it and yeah. there's a predominant, um, discussion that the damage has been done and any, any of this, um, trying to, you know, change, yeah. uh, carbon footprints and yeah. whatnot is, is a futile effort. That's like you said, at the start of your, of your, uh, talk, yeah. what is, is really about like just manipulating money and, and who's got yeah. the power, mm-hmm. uh, so at the end and cuz i was i was following you on the instagram i was listening to the the news coming out of the event and they were they wow. it went an extra day because they were still negotiating yes. and then at the end of it they were like well if that finished and there was a blueprint but no final yeah. thing was was made so everyone left without there being yeah. a big deal and at the end of the day you have behemoths like china and the united states that yeah. are going to do what they're going to do like yeah. i live i live yeah. here in america and and, yeah. and the, the united states they're going to the yeah. powers that be are going to do their thing so like yeah. what what how, yeah. okay. how, how how did you come out of it
1: oh that's that's good that's good so the big business of the future it's 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 very uninspiring, okay? Uh, like the outcome. Basically, there will be massive climate change. Uh, may, uh, th- these big changes will be made, but not for the reasons that uh, a lot of the environmentalists want. It's because it's big business. It, it it it's the business of the future. It's 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 great ideas. It's inspiring, like you know. It it's it's the next practical step. Uh, you know, the resources are limited, it, it's going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's happening. Um, the, with regards to, to the, yeah with, with climate change, you know, what, what my ambassador said in, or what, you know, what they said in that, in that room on the side, you know, one of the ma- their main scientists, what they said is, you know, we had a lot of pressure before this event even started to throw out the, the main um, byline of the whole event which is keep the dream of 1.5 alive which is like uh you know that's the temperature like you don't want it to global temperature to increase beyond one.5 you know what what their main scientist said is he's like you know it's gone beyond that already but we <laughs> so it's 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 now like a it's a course on it's 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 not a you know my understanding was that it's no longer scientific reality that we got to keep it below because it's a, it's already gone. It's already gone beyond that. but um, what I found very inspiring in there was uh, you know, I, I thought climate change was all about stopping having children um, letting poor people die, you know like, you know letting the rich people kind of become richer and live every, and sort of trying to everybody become these these godless or these faithless first world countries. but instead, the reality is far more inspiring than that. Um, you know, like the like, excuse me for not remembering his name, but the but, but the president of, of of Brazil was was one of one of the heroes there of the thing because they've you know Brazil's managed to reduce deforestation by eighty percent, which is like I was like what? But Brazil are the bad guys, but they're not. You know, the thing is, they're doing it. So, so with, with the environmentalist movements, like one of my, you know, one of the things that makes me so unhappy about it is it's like, there's this, do it now, fix it. You're the bad guys. Like these, these are the, like, this is the, like, it's, there's a lot of villainization and, 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 and attacking and it's got to do now and change and change. But like the, the ship is turning around and it's turning around very slowly. It's a big ship to turn around, but yeah, I mean the, the the ship's turning around, and and the inspiring reality is, uh, you know, you, you climate change. One of the biggest things that they need to to affect climate change is they need more forests, and they need a healthy ocean. Which is like, wow, that's amazing. Okay, more forests. That's that that's good. And and one of the big things that they're advocating for is with the First Nation people. The First Nation people were there saying. We've always lived close to the land. We've lived close to the people. We, we haven't used more than what we need. We haven't polluted our, our water sources. We haven't done this or that. We've always found solutions for stuff. You know, we've had as many children as we, as God gave us, but we still haven't, you know, overdone it. It's like, let us handle our own resources. Like, include us in the conversation. Don't come, take us off our land, destroy our land and destroy our culture which is like that that's like oh wow that's sure that's humanitarian that's looking after people like i i can get that you know so i i, I came away inspired by the big business models i came away in inspired by the role that that uh you know not not the role that women are playing in their own but the role that men and women together are playing you know that that interplay between masculine and feminine or male and and, and female work, you know working together Adam and Eve you know originally had the garden looking after looking after the garden and looking after the resources and with, with reverence for creation without confusing creation for the Creator working together it's incredibly inspiring you know and I I, I so I just want to just come out I want to tell another that there's women that I keep returning to so so uh, as a photographer, I grew up in in this cliche that, you know, a beautiful woman looks a certain way. And let me tell you this, this this fisherwoman who delivered the story about I'm a First Nation fisherwoman and my nation's sinking. She was a thick, heavy set woman with just big bone, big faces, almost like almost male looking in many ways. <laughs> She was the personification of everything that's beautiful about a woman and femininity, like emotionally articulate, um, in touch with her emotions. She wept, like most of us in that room wept. She spoke about being a mother and uh, reverencing the place that she's from with tremendous humility. And it was, you know, there, there were all kinds of inspiring stories like that, where I saw men and women coming together. To figure out a solution for climate change that is very human and inspiring.
0: So so good and and, and deep. Thank you. Uh, what what what's the camaraderie like amongst you and the other photographers at an event like that? Are are you guys, uh, um, talking or, or are are there others or were hmm. you the like what what's the um uh, the culture?
1: Mm. So there there are career guys who do this the whole time, you know, and you can see those guys and they, uh, you know, just they, they've got a certain kind of gear. They've got a look away of, of moving and understanding. Uh, and for them, it's a job. Uh, and it was a job for me because I was getting paid, but uh, it was the first time I'd done something like that. So for me, it was about, it was a masterclass in storytelling and communication. So, you know, it's, you can see some of the guys are like tired or they then they're kind of half in half out watching or um but whereas for me like like when a first nation person or someone of a different language would speak i would go and get one of those headsets because I what, what are they saying you know I, I would shoot and then i would listen and then there were other people in there with me who also where it was their first time doing it um and and you know it it was that ex- it was that experience there's a uh, you know for for us there was a crew of filmmakers and, and and the filmmakers what the filmmakers and storytellers you know who got out of it was always very inspiring there were there were five of us who would drive back every night sharing our sharing our stories from from the event you know and 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 reflecting and and processing it then we'd go to like a cheap indian restaurant we would eat like the hottest curries we could eat and we would swap stories and and talk about the highs and lows from the day what was the high point you know you know <laughs> Liam would say you know uh, Liam says oh man I arrived and I was, was running from somewhere and I was sweating and there were some girls there and they laughed at me sweating and those was his low points be like oh geez that's heavy bro you know or someone would say like you know, the speech that someone gave you know and they or the high point would say man you know we got a chance to you know tell the story of our faith to somebody you know that those were the high points for me i had amazing opportunities to speak about my faith to people who also had an interest in faith you know or sometimes it would be like man i got this unbelievable shot i was backed into the corner like this said you know i didn't know where my people were the brief was off you know and uh you know, I was just feeling despondent about this whole thing, and then around the corner, you know, comes this guy, and he's wearing his First Nation Brazilian tribe, and he's wearing the headdress, and he's being followed. But then you like that, you know? So it, yeah, we we had tremendous camaraderie and and talking and verbal processing, and um, yeah, it it was amazing. It was amazing, Sean. I highly recommend it.
0: <laughs> well, well, let me say, um, I'm I'm originally from Washington D.C. I I'm a connoisseur of. Um, news photographs i've i've grown up with the washington post in its physical form and your your photographs that you uh posted on uh instagram were very very unique and i could tell wow. i could tell your your interest there where you're following the story and how you frame the shot the, the wow. and specifically the photos you chose to post um really hit home and brought me without really knowing before that much about the event to the it's event. Gone. And um I just want to give you a big ups there because that that was oh. really uh really sick. You know, your your other work is also extremely sick, but that was the first time I saw you shoot people particularly and in such a international environment. Um awesome. so uh so sh- shouts out big ups. Um
1: incredible affirmation brew and that and and that speaks very much to my career at the moment because there's a real quandary with a sense of it. age 48 feeling do I really want to keep selling cheese or seats on on an airplane or new cars or trainers you know like where 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 are the where I want to tell great stories I really you know that that's my drive I want to tell great stories till I'm till I die really you know so that's uh, I've been thinking about that deeply and and that's why that job was a real crossing over for me I got to do something where I was like yeah I think I, I think I want to do this more
0: well I think everyone in in today's time is searching for for something that the AI cannot do and that particularly yeah. is something the AI cannot do is is read mm. the the emotions mm. of a scene and mm. uh, bro, bro like like even your photographs of the insides of the airplane like can't be recreated in the AI and and <laughs> I you. I I would like to I would like to know like yes. like those environments you you've said before how you play with light but like yeah. you you can't teach this kind of stuff it is it is true art and yeah. you you as the artist make these decisions in tough time under under lots of pressure um how do how do you deal with that as a creator
1: oh wow um so and, and, and
0: before yeah. you go yeah. before, i'm sorry yeah, i'm sorry yeah, to yeah. interrupt you like yeah. Yeah, okay. it, it goes it goes to confidence in confidence in, in, yeah, in your yeah. in like your abilities and um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's go. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So I would credit my mom and dad with that, you know that. Um it was my mom my mom used to take the kind of photos growing up as kids that captivated me because when I would look at the pictures there, she had an incredible ability to capture the moment, you know, which how the way you just described my pictures at cop 21, that comes straight out of my mom looking through the photo albums, you know, where it's like her timing was always impeccable. You know, you had 24 frames and you had to get them. But when you look through our family albums as kids, like you really get the sense of the place and the people and, and, and the timing and, and the, and and a sense of reverence for the moment and humanity really so i i I, like it's the first time i've said that but yeah you know i would i I would i would say from my mom and then what i got from my dad is my dad um imparted to me um this immutable irrefutable sense of um confidence (laughs) way beyond my ability. It, it was just like, I can do this, bro. I can do this. Like, cre- uh, creative confidence, uh, creative problem-solving confidence um, in, in many different ways, you know, like it's just whatever. They permitted me to ride my bicycle a very long distance to school when I was just a little boy, you know, and that imparted a sense of confidence you know, whenever like a low points, my dad was always like, you know, you're the same as them. you can do this. And, and, and that, that flowed over into my photography. So my, my primary sense, uh, I mean, my primary skill set as a photographer is my, is my, I'll use the word again. I've used it a lot. My reverence for the story and my, my, I'm I'm definitely not an artist. Uh, I don't like I'm I'm not a, artistic. I'm a creative problem solver. I'm a visual creative problem solver, and I love to make people happy with my pictures. I love to get the best version of of what's really there. And and somehow integrated with that is a is the same big match temperament that comes with big waves. Like the bigger the occasion, the more I can rise up. You know I, I I've learned how to read the room. I, I I've learned how to to um, talk to people, you know, who are high station, the same as people who are low station. Uh, I've learned how to engage people. I, I, I'm deeply interested in, in in people, genuinely interested in their lives. And that allows me to engage with people I'm photographing. Um, I'm, I'm by no means a, a, a marketing network guy at all. In fact, it works against me because I'm so interested in people that, you know I'd rather have friendship with someone than try and tap them for a work contact. So it, it doesn't translate like that. But when I get to know somebody, like I, I really like them and I and, and I care for them. Um and I'm interested in them. And that's and that that skill set that came from my mom's ability to capture moment, my, my dad's sense of like creative confidence, and then my ability to engage people and interested in their stories has meant that I have stayed interested in trying to tell great stories with my photographs um and yeah that's what you know hopefully that's as you said you know AI I think AI is the most unbelievable tool I absolutely love AI Photoshop it's amazing you know but it's it it can only you know only use it to make real life look better i suppose or something but not to recreate things but yeah ai could could never take that skill set that 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 i described which is a love and a reverence for humanity and people and telling great stories
0: what is the next great story you want to
1: tell who <laughs> you're good blasted oh i want to brew I... If I could have my way, man, I don't know how it's going to happen. If I could have my way, I would spend the rest of my life telling the stories about Jesus. It is the greatest story. And every single human being who's ever lived and ever will live, you know, if they meet with God or they have a journey with God, I mean, this that story is a profound, beautiful, like it's the greatest story of all time. You know, and, and the way that that's the way that God works in people's lives, the things you can survive, the things you can forgive and overcome. Like the, it's just, it's, yeah, I I, I would, I don't know how I'm going to do it, Sean, but I would love to make Jesus movies and tell Jesus stories in, in, in a brand new way that doesn't currently exist. I I don't know how that's going to happen.
0: So, so good so um before I move on to my ne- my next little thing I'd yeah. like to talk about like what like yeah. what does like what what's the uh wall look like full of spaghetti in that regard like are these uh are these picture movies or are, are is are, are there actors oh. um is it is it uh, cartoons oh. like what, oh, what, how, how how do you want to um I'm, I'm trying to
1: visualize your your yeah. your method how do good do yeah how do you do it when i say in ways that don't currently exist I mean, that's, maybe that's, that's, I mean, that's not true. Uh, It's, uh, I mean, maybe it's like ways that it currently don't exist. Meaning like stories, stories that haven't yet been told that, that are like an unending amount of these stories, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, like eternal value. So, so, okay. So, I mean, so Definitely. I mean, it's amazing that you that you've tapped into that that's that that cop those cop pictures and those cop stories because that that's exactly. Uh, I would love to try to figure out how to make Jesus movies, real life documentary Jesus movies, uh, with with real people uh, that are like those those kinds of photographs. Uh, something that is um, here. Oh otherworldly authentic completely tangible like completely real personal but but um uh, not not scripted but uh still curated uh in in a way um like you know like a like they say about um there's a quote there's a quote that uh jordan peterson says about uh he's when he's he says he's, he's talking about public speaking and he says, um, public speaker, if you want to give a a great public speech, like a really great talk, you've got to prepare three times the amount of content that you need. And, 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 and you've got to never know how it's going to end or where it's going. He says like people must always, they must always feel like there's a possibility of you blowing it, you know, uh, because, he said the great the writers of the great novels never knew how their stories were going to finish so when you start reading a book you never want to know how it's going to finish you, uh, you, you, you don't like from the first few pages if you go i see what's going you're going to put it down you know some of the best movies that you and i have watched have been like oh yeah whoa! i never saw that coming that's amazing you got to watch this movie it's got this twist so i would love to make movies like that where i don't know how they're going to end you know I mean, you could just say, sure, well, cool, but that's a documentary. But it, it's a documentary and it's, 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 it's something other which somehow you're, you're tracking with somebody as the story of God unfolds in their life somehow toward an outcome that is, un, that is not predetermined, You know, an outcome that could end up as a complete failure. Or could or could end up looking like my friend who's who's in Hawaii now, who I started the story with, you know, the young guys in Hawaii, and who's now there, and the waves hasn't come, and now he's going to come back with his family, not having been at Jaws event, you know, it's like it, his story could end with him winning the Jaws event, or it could end up with him coming home, having ridden one wave at Jaws, and like going, oh, you know, like not knowing how it's going to go, like, and and yet somehow. God is the author of Matthew's story because he has a profound Jesus faith and he sought him before he went. So it's like, I want God to let me in on His stories, <laughs> what He's doing in people's lives. You know? I don't know how you do that, Sean. I don't know. Well,
0: well, let me let me like like where you're taking me. Um, let's we live in a modern time. This, this thing that we're doing right now, this long form discussion is, uh, nah. is, is gaining popularity, but it's for the most yeah. intellectual. It's, it's someone who can yeah. hold a, um, yeah. a, a thing yeah. in their mind for a long time. So if you're listening to this now, shouts out to you, you know, we're an hour and a half into it, it and, uh, and, yeah, you made this for our big ups. Uh, you know my kids like when they're allowed to get on the tablets, they're watching YouTube shorts. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's a that that's a new medium that I'm trying to explore mm. as as an artist. You 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 have made some amazing movies that have won awards. Um so you have a a a mm. A, a box in your mind of how to put great movies mm. out there. What is your philosophy on very short form movies, and does the short form maybe hold a place in uh, mm. what you were previously just describing?
1: Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. We we just shot a whole ad campaign around South Africa where we went to, it was yeah, where we went to twenty different locations and captured uh, twenty five second clips. That were wow. that was, yeah, and and that that's the campaign and and it still had all the travel logistics, all all the production logistics, all the you know, still propagate like everything, but for like a five second clip, not a five second clip made up of a whole bunch of clips, but like one five second clip, like continuous coming in this is
0: well, let me time you out there, so in the process of doing that. how Mm. how many clips did you did you make for
1: the the one where you were like that's it like like yeah well sean there was there 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 was one where we had three tries and and we had to choose one and you know and that was an obvious one because that was we we went to co river bridge which is on the garden route which is the world's biggest commercial bungee jump you know it sounds corny but i mean it it was like we had our guy one of my friends we strapped him in we got strapped in. We had to lean over him, and and we had to do the shot of him, you know, falling out of frame down into the valley below, you know, on a bungee jump, but make it not look like. Anyway, and that's it. So we so, he he was only able to do it twice, and then we got a guy to do like a run through, but then so that's it, you know. And then some of them, some of them, we had a uh, like maybe thirty or forty takes on them. But yeah, there's a, there is definitely a, a like that short form. If if you can do both, you know, I mean, it's as a photographer, I have to, I have to tell a complete story in like one frame. Never mind like five seconds. So still like five seconds for me is still like whoa. How do I finish five, How do I full five seconds? Never mind full length documentary. I'm like holy smokes. How do we? I can't plan that. Like I can't storyboard. I can't like. Uh, the route I just described to you is like almost the only route I can take, which is like be led. (laughs) So yeah, short form is powerful. Very difficult.
0: Very difficult. Um, Mm. Parenting. How, how does parenting uh, you're, you're very busy. You have many passions. How do you balance up being a great parent with, doing you also
1: yeah that's good eh um, it's funny I was wondering if I'd tell the story uh, I, I just I thought about it before I came in I, I thought uh, anyway, it's a parenting story um, so one of the the best examples I've I've had a, of parenting the parenting style that that I've that I've taken approached is there's a there's an American band they called switchfoot. And, uh, and they're, they're surfers and they're California-based. But um, they were out here in 2012 and they are shooting a full-length documentary and doing a world tour. And uh, I met them and I surfed to them and I actually took them into big waves. Big wave surfing had an amazing thing. I ended up in their documentary movie. It's called Fading West. But it's it, like a beautiful movie. And they made an album while doing it. So it it was lovely. But in, in the process of this, like the guys are they, they are Christians. Okay. And, and so it, it was in a sense, it was the first time that I'd spent time with, you know, like full, like Christian rock stars, literally like that. They play, they, at the time they were playing very big venues and, and they had that one Grammy, uh, you know, they, so they, anyway, and, um, and as I spent time with them, uh, like the main guy, particularly a guy called John Foreman, um, I spent time with him and uh, I got to ask him a question. You know, we spent a lot of, we surfed big waves and then we, and Tim and I just drove and I said, Tim, bro, how do you, like, how do you, how do you, how do you feel God in these, in these things? How do you handle sort of, you know, people looking at you in a certain way, which is completely disconnected to who you are in reality, just reverencing you for your gift and who you are, you know, and, And he said, you know, sometimes, he says, sometimes it happens when I'm on stage and I'm in the middle of a show and we're singing. And and I will see, he said, and I saw a girl in the front row who was in a wheelchair. And he said, as I was performing and singing, he said, I started to cry. (laughs) And he says, while I'm singing. And and I'm performing, and I'm saying in my head, I'm praying, and I'm I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, why now? <laughs> why do you want to overwhelm me with this with this now? And um, and jo- and John had a, a, he had a few other stories like that, but but I guess what 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 that launched in me was like it, it gave me a very clear sense of like, you know, when I was a teenager, like I told that story that I reached this point where I was like, there's this hypocrisy in me that. I don't like a, a difference between my my faith and me how I behave, you know on the weekends or when I'm angry or whatever. And um and i and i I didn't want that 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 for my children. i I wanted them, I wanted them this this integrated kind of faith that that I experience now and that John had just described. And um, he went back to he went back to the band went back to L.A. a little while after like that. And by hook or by crook, some unbelievable set of circumstances. Two weeks later, I wound up in. uh, Where was it? Uh, It's Santa Cruz, maybe in the States at a dinner party with his parents. So it was it, like it was two weeks later it was unbelievable so anyway a long story but and and i said to his parents i was like okay you have my full attention you know i was with your son two weeks ago in south africa uh i saw something in both of your sons because you know john and tim are both in the band and they've both got this incredibly integrated whole thing where they can they're successful they're accomplished they're skilled but they but they love and they give and they're kind and they say sorry and their faith is who they are and and they're not out there necessarily always singing jesus songs like in the lyrics but who they are flows out of that etc and and uh and i had a conversation with them and they explained their parenting style to me and 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 the story that that um his dad told me was he said one day I came in and they were playing stairway to heaven in their bedroom on their guitars. I'd just become a Christian. And I said, that's the devil's music. Stairway to heaven is terrible. You can't play that stuff. And I turned it off and I took the guitars away and, and I went away and I thought about it for a bit and I kind of prayed about it. And I was like, no, he said, I went back in the next day and he said, all right, guys, hear, he said, hear the guitars. I'm going to, this is how you, because he was also in a band. This is how you play Stay Away to Heaven. I'm going to teach you to play Stay Away to Heaven. But I'm also going to teach you, I'm going to teach you to interpret the lyrics. So, my parenting style is based around that. It's like, my girls are, they're so wholesome. They're kind, they're empathetic, they're brave, they're courageous, they're, they're sad, they cry when they are sad. they tell the truth, they say sorry, when they tell a lie, they, you know, they, they, they're emotionally articulate, they are, they're astute, many things, you know, and, and at the center of them is a deep, profound friendship with God, which doesn't come from me, but comes from some facilitated environment where I've, I've taught them how to play stairway to heaven in life and interpret the lyrics, interpreting, try to, what is right and wrong? How does our faith work to the best of my understanding of it? You know, that, that they are somehow people of, of value, not, not a religious faith, but a faith that, that looks more like a friendship.
0: Beautiful beautiful <laughs> now now before we wrap up you know i end these uh these podcasts with the question of uh the meaning of life um i've asked you this before has it changed
1: say that again the what uh the the meaning of life the meaning of life oh man yeah for sure hey uh, it 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 hasn't changed but let me try i'll probably answer it slightly differently um maybe in maybe in in context of this of this what i've just said now you know in this podcast the theme of it uh and uh you know the struggle that 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 i face daily uh would be i would say the meaning of life is forgiveness forgiveness between re- receiving the forgiveness that that a loving god has given us unmerited unearned forgiveness and the terribly frustrating, difficult, heartbreaking up rip roaringlessly funny, challenging, great, mystical process of passing that forgiveness on to others.
0: Epic dougal. Uh man, like Every time I speak with you, I go to another level, and today we went to to a, a, a glorious high level. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your for your time. Uh, any any content I see out there that, that you you're in, I consume it. Um, I, I love your posts. If anyone out there is listening uh, to this right now, please please visit um, Dougal's Instagram page, uh, and I'll put a link in the description below. His website's also super sick. It's where you can find his amazing photography. Yeah, the professional uh corporate work he's done is just uh you've probably seen it on airplanes and in, in bougie magazines so uh get, get get a get a look um what's next for you today it's the, it's the evening time uh, the kids are coming out from school uh what, what's a friday night in south africa look it,
1: like pizza movie night bro beautiful it's a movie night what,
0: what you guys friday. gonna what you guys gonna watch
1: I don't know. I'm gonna have to go and find something. Eh? I'm not sure. <laughs> something old school. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Uh, uh, let me get a PS question in there. What What is your favorite yeah. movie of all time?
1: Mm. Sure, bro. Um, surely. Surely, surely it has has to be like uh, chariots of fire. Surely, surely. When I I, I run, I feel God's pleasure. Don't don't we all feel that way? eh? When we do that one thing. When I surf, when I ride waves, I feel God's pleasure. eh? When you shoot waves, you feel God's pleasure. When you hold your first born child, you feel God's pleasure. When I run, I feel God's pleasure. Surely, chariots of fire.
0: Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, on that note, I, I wish you a, a great Friday night. Please send love to your family and um, let's, let's keep in touch.
1: May the force be with you. God bless you.
0: And and with you. And to all those out there, if you've enjoyed this, please share, like, and subscribe, and we will catch you in the next episode of Speaking from Water. I'm your host, Sean Rutke. Goodbye.